Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. Welcome to episode 95 of It's All Connected. This is Russ, and back with me is Matthew. Hey. I know, I had to miss the uh, awesome Civil War discussion. I know, I know. If it wasn't, uh, I blame Johnny M. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been tough to to try and squeeze recording both of those episodes in the same day. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've got a whole summer without much to talk about, so... We can always get back into Civil War discussions after we see it five or six more times. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure when the when it comes out on video, we'll have we'll have even more to say because I'm sure there'll be some cool deleted scenes and probably some, yeah, some yeah. nice extras and stuff uh, on it. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a minute because I want to make sure you get your chance to say uh, to speak your your piece on it. Um, sure. But we got a few news items. Uh, the first one is I guess Kristen Ritter was doing an interview with Collider. And she mentioned that they'll be filming Jessica Jones season two and the Defenders back to back. Yeah, and the the word seems to be that Defenders will film later this year. Yeah, um, which makes sense because I mean, Iron Fist is currently filming, and you know, then then there's nothing else on the the docket, so it makes sense that you know they're not going to waste the rest of the year not filming a Netflix show considering how many they have to work through. So exactly. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, um, despite what we were speculating, the sort of original plan seems to mostly still be in place with the defenders probably coming next. And then maybe, you know, I guess we would assume Jessica Jones season two coming after that, um, whether they fit that and defenders and iron fist all into next year, I guess is the question, but I'd say that probably is likely. <clears throat> I would think. I can't, I can't imagine that they would let that thing sit on the shelf for that long. Yeah, especially because it'll already have been, you know, a, I mean, by time, even if they get it out, no, you know, say it's the last one, November of next year, that's already two years out. Yeah. From the first season. Yeah, they're not going to wait another six months or something. So, yeah, next year you know, should be the beginning of us getting three in one year. If we get iron fist defenders and then JJ season two. Yeah. I would, maybe we'll do, you know, maybe it's, it'll be like February, March for iron fist, then June, July, and that summertime for defenders. And then like September, October for Jessica Jones season two. Yeah. I could see that happening. And that would be exciting because, you know, they've yet to take advantage of the summer for TV. And I mean, you know, we've talked about this before that it doesn't really make sense not to. And especially with the Netflix model, like, you know, it's uh, especially, you know, everybody's kids are. Well, I guess I shouldn't say kids are off school, but, you know, I guess yeah. maybe college kids are off school. But, you know, it makes sense. It's a time when people are seeing blockbuster movies. Why not binge, uh, you know, a blockbuster TV team up of superheroes? So and then, yeah, Jessica Jones gets to go back in her same slot just a year later. And and then I guess 2018, you could do. Defender season two and Punisher, or not Def- uh, Daredevil season two, sorry, Earth three, jeez, yeah, 
and uh, Punisher and, you know, who knows, the, whatever else they think gets a sequel, Luke Cage or... Yeah, it brings up a good point because we've talked about Punisher and they've said, okay, he's getting a series, but mm-hmm. with three coming in 2017, yeah. I don't see I don't see four. Like, I totally do not no, see four. I, and, and, I mean, they just announced it. I, my guess would their... My guess would probably be that'll start filming late, late this year, early next year. And then maybe that'll be an early 2018 release. But yeah, I guess it kind of just depends on where they want to put the third season of Daredevil. Yeah. And, and, you know, and and who knows, maybe we don't get Jessica Jones season two. Maybe she just thinks they're going to film back to back, but that's true. How these discussions go, agents get involved and whoever else. And she may just exactly, uh, you know, kind of take it out of context. Yeah. I would put my money on it though, because I mean, again, they had such a huge hit. Oh sure. I I would argue that it's still been more, you know, critically successful than both seasons of Daredevil, um, in terms of just the sort of press it got. I mean, it was almost all positive. Whereas sure. Daredevil has had a lot of negative criticism for both seasons, on top of all the positive. But right, right. So I mean, you know, and and they didn't put the gap between Daredevil, and it just all seems like to wait any longer than two years. I mean, two years is already kind of, you know, crazy, but if we view these as sort of like, you know, almost movies or something or mini series, then then it makes a little more sense. But to go three years just seems like, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, especially because Punisher, they haven't started him yet essentially. So he makes more sense to wait. And we just saw him, you know, a month ago. So, if we go by that two year model before he gets his next outing, you know, that would be early 2018. So, yeah. And I think, Net- yeah. you know, Netflix is fine with playing the long game. You know, they want to, they don't, I, I, I don't think they want to push content out too quickly. Right. They want people to subscribe permanently. And if you meter it out somewhat slowly, uh, exactly. you, you keep them coming. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I've always thought that three shows is probably going to be where we're going to land. Um, I, I, I agree. I think four is honestly. I think it's four is lot. too many. I think I think it's it's just too much. I do too because we we're getting three movies a year. We're looking at two to three series on ABC alone, let alone stuff like Cloak and Dagger, yeah. and you know, and then the Netflix shows. So I mean, that's a lot of Marvel MCU content uh, coming out on TV and film and everything each year so it's a lot to keep up with i'm not saying someday we might not have four movies a year and four netflix shows and all that but you know i think they're going to want to ease into it so yeah i definitely think we'll have if we get to three a year i think they'll stick with that model for for a little while yeah so yeah cool uh and then on the rumor front uh, the hollywood reporter is saying that lupita nyong'o is up for a role an unspecified role in black panther mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's pretty exciting i think that's been teased for a while though to be fair i think she's been teased to be in pretty much everything yeah yeah um which makes sense i mean you know she's on the rise and you know i think every everybody wants to snatch her up and put her in their franchise and obviously she already has like um She's worked with Disney on Jungle Book and Star Wars. Uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, those usually see a lot of that talent stay in house. So, um, yeah, I, I, it makes sense. I, I saw something saying that she might be the love interest. 
Yeah, it was interesting. Because um, I wasn't sure if, if they were going to go love interest or if she was going to play Shuri, her Right, sister. Shuri seems to be the, you know, you want to cast someone like really big and good for that and someone that's going to stick around for a while, whereas a love interest could come and go. Right. So it definitely seems like if you're going to bring in someone of her caliber, like Shuri seems to make a lot more sense because someone has to play, you know, Shuri. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that... Who knows on that? I mean, that yeah. could still just be speculation. Sure, sure. Obviously, they're casting all of those roles, so you know, in theory, she could be up for any one of them. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I, I'd be more interested in her playing Shuri just because I think that has a more likely chance of sticking around through the franchise and stuff, and showing up in other films. Yeah. Whereas the you know a love interest, who knows? Yeah, we've seen that I mean, that play out a couple times already. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't <laughs> seem to have a great track record for Marvel, even if it's like a a big character like. You know, Jane Foster, Pepper Potts. I mean, those are huge comic characters, and even they can't stick around yeah. with huge, you know, actors attached to them. So, yeah, I, you know, the when someone's cast is just a love interest, that never seems like a good thing. It's like they're not a character unto themselves. Right, right. So it's n- never really a good sign. So, yeah, I, w- I would hope that they would use her better than that. And, and I think she would make a really cool Shuri. I think she looks a lot like Shuri is depicted. So I think that could be, like, really cool. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, I, I would imagine she, she'll probably be in the film unless some sort of negotiation doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and then the next bit of news I have is from uh, Christopher Marcus, who's one of the writers of both Captain America, Winter Soldier, and um, Civil War. And he's uh, – I, I, Marcus and McFeely are kind of the pairing of – uh, of the Russo brothers on the writing side. Yeah, they're they're doing everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because they're doing Infinity War. Yeah, they they had they were the sort of producers of Agent Carter. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so he was uh, Christopher Marcus did an interview with The Verge, and uh, he was quoted as saying, "Whether they're a twelve foot purple guy or a raccoon or an android, they're all people, and we're going to write them as people. You can't write them any other way." So ideally, it would be it will stay grounded because you completely understand why these characters are going uh, are doing what they're doing, and you will in some way or another empathize. So, uh, of course, you know everybody's assuming that well, that must mean the Guardians are in Infinity War, which is kind of like the worst kept secret in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we keep getting, and I mean, I'm, you know, we're we're part of this cycle that does this. So, I mean, I'm not gonna like fault us too much but you know every time you know the russos or marcus and mcfailey or kevin feige or anybody says like even alludes to like a character maybe being an infinity war everyone's like oh my god they're gonna be an infinity war and it's like well i think it's a pretty much a given yeah (laughs) i mean i think the news would be a tv character being confirmed for infinity war but i think i would bet money that any any at least any superhero that has appeared in a Marvel film to date will be in Infinity War. Uh, it's, you know, maybe some of the side characters and villains are questionable, but you know, I think anybody that's been in an in Avengers film or has led their own franchise, I think that's a safe bet. And I mean, yeah, if we're talking about space, like it'd be pretty pretty hard to not include them. And you've got a time together at some point that right. might as well be then, right? And they've already dealt with Thanos. They had an Infinity Gym introduced in one of their films. I mean, I think that's, you know, definitely a, a sure a sure thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, yeah, I think everybody will be in Infinity War. Yeah. So, 
you know, when they say when there's news that like Daredevil or Coulson or somebody will be in it, then I'll be like, oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but until then, I'll be like, oh okay. Yeah. Cool. Vision, Thanos, Rocket. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, I guess we're supposed to get some news. I guess all the upfronts are going on right now. I mean, the biggest news that came out today, TV related, uh, was that Supergirl's going to this to the CW from CBS, which. Of course, right, which has been rumored yeah, for a while which and stuff. Yeah, isn't really you know specific to us, but given that all those decisions sure. are happening, uh, word is we'll know for certain whether Agent Carter is is done or not in the next couple of days. And it's funny that I've been reading a lot of conflicting reports. A lot of them are like, "Don't count it out yet." You know, until you hear an official cancel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't don't say it's dead yet. So, right, and I think it's apropos to talk about Supergirl because that and agent carter i mean there's a lot of similarities in terms of you know they were purposely both shows were purposely like left out of the renewal announcements for both abc and cbs right right um and everybody was like okay this is weird they weren't canceled but they also specifically weren't renewed um and you know the obviously supergirl always had that contingency in place to go to cw because it's produced by the same people that do the Arrowverse and um, CBS owns CW. So there, you know, there's an easy end there with, but with Agent Carter, it's, you know, there's, it's maybe a little more nebulous as like, you know, where it could go. But that transition also gives me hope that like, well, if they don't renew it, there's precedent, you know, for a show to like this to move to another network. So yeah, I mean, hopefully by the time this drops, we'll, already know the answer to this this question but um yeah i I still don't know i guess we've sort of exhausted the speculation you know a few months ago i don't we we have no new information so it's still i i really don't have the slightest idea i mean it could go anywhere but i i don't i still don't believe that it's the end 100 percent yeah i think Um, yeah we both even though the films have officially killed her off yeah yeah so yeah uh, but it would, I mean, it's a fitting, it, it would almost be a fitting time for her to, for her show to die, considering this past week has, uh, you know, both in the movies and in TV has focused so much on her actual, her character death. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I hope that Agent Carter is the way that Peggy lives on. I but, agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the last bit of news I want to talk about. Uh, is kind of tangentially related, but uh, uh, R.I.P. Disney Infinity. Oh, really? Yeah. Disney pulled wow. the plug on Infinity this week. Uh, That's bizarre. Didn't they just release, like, the third version? That's Yeah, it was le- about a year ago. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was... I, cause I, oh, that's true. It was that's la- true. Last August is when uh, 3.0 dropped with the Star Wars stuff. Oh, okay. But just a couple months ago, I mean, in April, they, dro- right, they, dro- they dropped they did the, that. the Battlegrounds. Yeah, so, that's bizarre. Um, so they're they're still going to put I thought out. It was pretty popular. Yeah, there's a set that's coming out for uh, for Alice in Wonderland and a set that's coming out for uh, Finding Dory. And once those come out, that's that's all there is. There's no more no more Marvel, oh, no more Star Wars. Uh, that's all there. Huh. That's all there is. Uh, which is really unfortunate. I guess they're they're taking a hundred and forty seven million dollar write down. Um, on it and i guess the the main thing is just it just wasn't selling like they thought i mean they have a huge yeah. inventory of stuff you know because i mean it was not just the yeah they pumped them out a lot yeah, it was not just the development of the of the video game side of it it was the physical manufacturing of toys 
and right right yeah which i mean was supposed to be like i mean i remember when like that skylanders thing came out and even when i saw disney infinity i was like oh that seems to just be cashing in on what they're doing is skylander but the the i think the the common you know assumption was that video games and toys were going to start merging yeah into more of a similar thing and i mean it makes sense you get to sell twice as many things and you know typical action figures maybe don't stimulate kids that much anymore yeah considering they're so used to games and stuff but and and the yeah so that's why it's kind of surprising that it didn't work out for them. yeah and i guess on the earnings call one of the things that came up was that video game revenue was up significantly with licensing so uh disney made a ton of money on star wars battle battlefront um mm. which you know again ea developed it Dice developed it. They didn't, you know, Disney proper. Right. So they don't eat as much of the cost. Yeah. So it's or like any of the cost. We're, yeah. you know, we just have somebody else, you know, do the development of this thing and basically take all the risk. And then we just get all the licensing revenue. Whereas with the infinity that was still all done in house. Right. You know, cause they've dumped off all, all of their other video game related stuff. I mean, the, the Epic right. Mickey team got, got shut down. They, they shuttered Lucas, Lucas arts when they bought Lucasfilm. So they've been kind of getting out of the video game business. So when they when they did Infinity to begin with, it was a bit of a surprise because they they'd kind of been exiting that business. Um, hmm. But I guess because of the power of the licensing and the toys, they thought maybe that would be an in for them. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it does surprise me. I mean, because marketing, you know, making toys for movies is still such a big thing. Video games is such a big, you know, revenue earner. It it, it almost seems like you're something like that is printing money. Yeah. You've got this huge binge of popular characters among kids. You're tapping into video games and toys. I mean, there's, yeah, I'm, and, I'm kind of surprised. And just anecdotally like popular. I mean, looking at the store, like when I, you know, cause I always, I kind of float between Walmart target. We have a local grocery store that has kind of like a, a toy. They're, they're a huge store that has like toys mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, Best buy. And, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of merchandise on the shelf, but they seem to move through it. I mean, there's times where I go right. and I'll see like, oh, there's 12 Ultrons today. And then I you know, come back a week later and it's like, oh, there's three left or there's none or, um, you know, so it seemed like they were churning and, and moving product. But I guess, again, they, they specifically said, look, they, they were not moving as much as, hmm. as they as they thought. So, yeah, you know, part of the write down they think is going to be severance package because they're shattering avalanche studios, which is really unfortunate because I mean, you know, regardless of a, of a, a property, whether you like it or not is going away. I mean, there's, you know, about a hundred people that are going to lose their jobs, right. uh, which is, you know, always the, the worst end of the story. Uh, so some of that's going to be like severance and, you know, the cost of closing down offices and stuff like that. But the rest of it is, is inventory. So, uh, the only upside I could bring to this story is uh, if you're looking to get the rest of these figures, uh, don't yeah. don't buy anything right away. Uh, right. My guess is in the next month to two months, you'll probably be able to get these things for probably like five bucks a pop. Um, yeah, well, maybe that's good news. I've been wanting to check it out, but couldn't really justify it. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, should be dirt cheap now. Yeah, the, I mean, you could probably get them cheaper than I mean. I, I know when the 3.0 came out, stuff came out, the 2.0 figures went down to like five and six bucks. So. If Disney still right. got a warehouse full of some of that stuff, I mean, we could see these things like really being blown out, um, yeah, and 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 discounted. So, like I said, if you're if you're looking to fill out your collection, because they are really good sculpts, uh, even if you don't play with the game, you know, five bucks for that kind of a sculpt is is worth it in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. But yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I think the gameplay just wasn't. It just wasn't quite there. I mean, yeah. You know, maybe they just try to coast too much on just, hey, look who it is. It's this character yeah, you love. Yeah. And they. And it's like, well, you still gotta make it fun. Yeah, but. So anyway, so hopefully those those folks over at Avalanche uh, land on their feet and uh, and can can move move on to do to do other things. So uh, we shall see. Um, so that's it for the news. Uh, so before we move on to Agents of Shield, uh, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of talk about Civil War because uh, since you yeah. missed the last episode, uh, I know I feel kind of like I'm on a I've got a spotlight on me now. Cause I, I'm trying to think. Uh, unfortunately, I only got to see it opening night, um, and I have yet to be able to see it again. So I feel like I kind of need to, obviously, see it a couple more times to let everything sink in. Yeah, I'm, I'm insane. Um, yeah, but um, I, I mean, my impressions were that I loved it. <laughs> um, I, I and this is one of the reasons why I want to see it again. But I, I did feel like the the pacing seemed a little strange, um, just because you know it's when you go up to the airport battle, you, you've almost just watched like, you know, like an hour and a half film. And that's the like culmination. That's the big battle. And then there's like some more film after it. Um, and so I thought that was, you know, a little interesting, but, but the more I sort of think about it and I've actually read, think it, I don't know if it was the Russos or Marcus and McFeely, but they were talking about that structure and saying they kind of wanted to get away from the typical superhero film structure where, something like the airport fight would have been the end. Right. Um, you know, the climax at least. And instead it's like, you know, you have that like climax and then it's almost like the rest of the film was like a denouement, like for like, you know, 45 minutes or something or an hour. And you sort of get a bit more into the like psychology of the characters and, and the mystery of everything that's going on. And you get to know Zemo a little more and, and what's going on between Cap and Tony. So um, that was sort of the one, you know, main takeaway I had that, I, you know, I thought it was an interesting structure. I think I have to kind of see it a few more times to know whether I think that it worked to have that, you know, huge battle, like kind of in the middle, you know, or like two thirds of the way through. Um, but everything I saw was amazing. I mean, the, I mean, I, I could go on forever and ever, but that or- airport fight was of course incredible. And Black Panther was everything that I could ever, you know, hope he would be both as T'Challa and as Black Panther in the suit and everything he could do. And uh, Tom Holland really blew me away as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. I mean, he really just, it really was great seeing him as such a young kid. Yeah, I agree. And just that energy and he had the nerd. I, I liked it because, you know, with Tobey Maguire, I always, as much as I love those first two films, I always even when he was first announced, I was really bummed because I felt like he was, he's a little too the G whiz. He was, he was perfect as almost like a, a, like a sixties Ditko Peter Parker. You know, he was just a little too, I mean, it's that Pleasantville character. He plays, You know? Um, and then with Andrew Garfield, I really liked that he brought a lot more of the like energy and comedy to the character, but he was also really cool which was like, you know, I mean, that was a fine take, but, you know, it was hard to imagine Andrew Garfield being picked on, you know? He just yeah. seemed like such a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> he skates around, and he's, like, really smart and witty, and it's like, he's tall and handsome. It's like, this guy would be the most popular guy in school. But, um, so, so Tom Holland really, 
he seemed to have that energy of like he's a smart guy he's funny but he's also very like nervous and a little nerdy and a fanboy and like man his interactions with him and robert downey jr was just incredible yeah. like i'm so excited that that he's going to be in uh the spider-man film because they they just have such a good like energy bouncing off of each other um but yeah i mean geez i, I don't even know where to where to go or like what to what to talk about but um one of the things that we we talked about on the on the not the last show but the but technically the show before but um right right we one of the things I brought up was Giant Man. And so it was, again, another kind of like open yeah. secret because the toy kind of spoiled it. But Yeah, which they really got to figure out. It's always a toy yeah. well, that spoils things. And it's funny because I thought uh, – so that's happened before. Like when Ant-Man came out and they had a Lego set and they teased a fight between like two Ant-Man figures, one in a, a black suit, one in the traditional right. suit, and then a yellow jacket. And we thought, okay, we we're going to get – him and it turns out that never happened so that's true uh, so i was a little skeptical i guess in the back of my head i was like yeah maybe we won't get giant exactly it could have just been like well they just wanted to sell the merchandise or something but um but the way that he moves sluggishly did that kind of take you aback or or did that kind of make sense to you or i'm curious what i I was i was trying to justify it as i was watching it because i was it it bugged me a little bit it it made it made the whole cgi-ness of it a little too real um because i i think you see that a lot whenever you see like a giant character in a lot of films it's like they always seem to move really slow i i'm trying to wrap my head around the physics of it because i don't know if they would appear slower because of their size to me i almost feel like they would move faster because they can so easily or just as fast right but i almost think it would appear faster to us because there's a larger amount of mass like traveling. I, obviously he could move one of his legs from point A to point B. It would appear much quicker than, you know, one of our, right. just cause it was going so much further. But right. then at the same time, because it's going further, would it appear? So, I have no idea. So I was trying to like, <laughs> I was doing this as I'm watching it, like, well, maybe it's like sluggishness is because of, so I, I don't know, but ultimately it did. Even the fact that I was thinking that obviously it like took me out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's, part of me thinks it's cool because it's a power you know that exists in the comics and it makes sense that if he could get smaller he'd get bigger and he obviously made things bigger in ant-man with yeah yeah like those discs um i guess you could argue that it's harder to pull that off with the human body um which he you know addresses and obviously they're going to use that as the reason why he can't just do it all the time which is smart um but ultimately like I thought it was kind of neat, but I think it I think it could have not been in that scene and it wouldn't have the scene wouldn't have lost anything. It was almost a little too over the top. I mean, again, as grounded as the film tries to be, yeah. there's obviously all these crazy characters. But to me, that was like I, that could happen in an Ant-Man movie and I would buy it just because there's sort of a different vibe to an Ant-Man movie. But it felt weird in the middle of this like emotional battle that there's just this giant guy like running around all of a sudden. So I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, it was neat, but I think they could have saved it for, um, saved it for the Ant-Man movie. And I don't think that it really, I don't think it totally worked in that scene. Yeah. I was, but I thought it was a little awkward. I mean, I mentioned on the show that 
I th- my justification was well, he's increased his maybe his mass so much that it's just hard mm-hmm. for him to move. Like he's used sure. to moving an object that has much less mass, and so for him to move an object that has so much mass is maybe yeah, more yeah. difficult. And I mean, he kind of prefaced it with saying, "Yeah, yeah, last time I was knocked unconscious," so he kind of set it up right. that he has difficulty with doing this. And right, and I mean the the movement of it wasn't even you know what bothered me the most. It was just that. It was just like, whoa, maybe this is one crazy thing too many. <laughs> I mean, it, we've already got a lot of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. And I felt like Spider-Man kind of filled the craziness quotient, you know, and the, like, surprise quotient. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I felt like, I, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the you know, Empire, you know, AD, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing was cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the minute we saw him, we knew that was going to have to happen. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, I mean, I guess for me, uh, maybe one of the things it does is if you're going to have the, I mean, that was a pretty good chunk of battle there. And I guess to keep having him shrink down and punch people in the face or shrink down and get inside the armor, I, I guess it's a way to do, okay, let's do something different with him. You know, yeah, so, and so I mean, it's not I, just kind of one yeah. note, but, but I, I, I totally mean, get what you're saying. Yeah. And that's fine. But you know, you could have also just not focused on him i mean black widow disappears for like a big chunk of the fight and you know it's like what does falcon do besides just kind of fly around and like shoot you know it's not like any of them have that innovative of things they do right right um i I would argue that spider-man was probably the most um mixed things up the most in terms of like what he did um so yeah i mean i it's not like I was sick of, oh, God, he shrank again. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's yeah like, no, I'm with you. I, I think it looks really cool. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure in their minds that was the impetus for it. Like, it needed this big thing. And, and you know, they needed a distraction. And it's like, well, what else would they have done? But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to, like, knock it yeah. for that. Um, I think my one of my, one of my, like, you know, instead of saying everything was awesome, one of the things that I wasn't crazy about is – them killing crossbones yeah we yeah we did just touch felt on unnecessary that. yeah um it, i felt like that 100 percent could have just been any of those other mercenaries and it would have had the exact same impact you know there was nothing about it being crossbones that was the one who like detonated that and exploded that added anything yeah. to like the plot or the film so it could have been anybody the whole thing was that it's what scarlet witch does and all that so yeah that was one of the things where it's like well that that seems like a waste like why bring them it, it also didn't seem like the character would do that. Yeah. Like, like why, why would he, would he kill just, himself? Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't make, it didn't make any sense. It seems like a waste. Um, but at the same time, I was never really crazy about the design of him. It felt a little awkward, like that he was just covered in this big mess of gear, you know, just so they could kind of try and make him, you know, cause in the comics, he's kind of massive. Right. Yeah. He's I guess maybe dude. they wanted to do that. And so that he could kind of take on, Captain America. I don't know. It just looked. A, I always thought it looked a little weird, and I thought maybe when I see it in the film, it'll look better. But even in the film, I wasn't crazy about it. And I thought Frank Grillo's voice sounded really weird coming out. Like I picture Crossbones being like really gruff, and he sort of has like this high pitched voice, Frank Grillo, and it just yeah, and, it sounded a little odd coming out of this. And, like, and he acted like he was a little mask. off. Like we saw him in Winter Soldier, and he was pretty on point, you know. And yeah. Yeah, they almost made him like a caricature. And they I, that's yeah. one thing where movies do sometimes in the sequel that really kind of irritate me. They did that kind of with Eric Selvig. 
I've seen yeah. them do it before mm-hmm. where they take a character that's semi-serious and kind of make them a buffoon. And it's just well, like, yeah. Oh, really? And a character that had a large role in another film. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, cause again, they easily, easily could have had him show up, do whatever he did and then escape while one of his other, while they were distracted yeah. by one of his other guys, like sacrificing themselves. And then if you want to ever bring him back in the future, he's like waiting in the, the wings. You've already got the character design. You've got the actor sign or the contract. Now you've got a, now he's gone. It's just one more Marvel villain that like, they teased us by like, oh, he survived. And it's like, oh, cool, a Marvel villain that survives. And then the next movie, they kill him well, in the first like, well, five minutes. Yeah. And, of course, he's now he's never going to work with him. I don't know if you saw the tweets, but Frank Grillo has been like tweeting some pretty, um, not even passive-aggressive tweets, but he's been kind of like talking some smack about like Marvel and stuff. Oh, really? No. <laughs> about like, I, yeah, it's... I, I saw it. I, I don't know if we actually posted it on MCU Exchange. It might have just been in like our our messages. Maybe maybe it'll be like on the Pulse that comes out each week. But um, yeah, he just basically said something. Um, he kind of tweeted it out, or a fan said something, and he was just kind of saying like, "Yeah, I don't know why they they decided to kill him off." And then some fan like said he was a bad actor. And I so saw started, that like, fighting with that fan. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of based on that, and then. Apparently he wasn't invited to like the premiere oh, and he wow. was tweeting some negative stuff about that. I don't know. Either way, he just doesn't seem like he um, had a positive he's got experience, a lot, of, a lot of couth, you know, when it comes to his relations. So, yeah. so maybe I may, I don't know if that's the reason. Maybe they were just, they didn't really like working with him. I have yeah, no idea. That's but a good point. Yeah. For, you know, from a character standpoint in the film, it just seemed like a total waste. Yeah. Um, Although John is convinced because we didn't see a body, there's no death. So he said, I was trying to think about it in my head, but I mean, the guy was like in a bubble. I mean, for even if he wasn't, he was strapped with explosives. Yeah. It's pretty hard even in a superhero sense to like justify that. I mean, they were on his body. There's nowhere for any of that force to go except into him. Right. Then he was contained inside of a magic bubble. Yeah. And then he was shot up like 50 floors. So, I mean, even if he survived, he fell down that. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I did. think that would be such a but. forced thing. And yeah, I just don't. If they wasted him that way, I really don't think they're going to be like, hey, we should bring crossbones back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were clearly like, we don't care. Yeah. He's disposable. And I guess that's just my the bummer thing is a lot of times it seems like I get that they don't have a lot of they've kind of justified it in the past by saying that you know, they've only got so much time to give like the hero's origin. So they can't necessarily give like a big villain origin and that's fine. But I feel like that doesn't justify killing them off. Like right. you could still yeah. have them survive for a potential future installment. So, yeah. And then on the flip side, they let Zemo live. So again, you know, we kind of got the plus there. I'm glad they did that. I'm glad he just exactly. I am too. Die that would have because... been, that would have been infuriating yeah. <laughs> because he also, um, and that's something where, again, I want to see it again because I was also a, le- I was a little underwhelmed by Zemo. Um, I I, I appreciated I, the subtlety. I think I, I did too. I, I did I did too. I just um, yeah. I I don't know. I again, I think it's one of those things I have to see again because I I thought the plan was, you know, was really intricate, and I like that he's sort of this schemer. Yeah. I just wasn't really wowed by his. Um, by the acting or anything it, it just didn't I, I didn't think he was that magnetic of a performer but again I, I think maybe I just need to see it again because you know there's so much going on sure. that maybe I just wasn't focused as much on that but you know the, just sort of my initial impressions were 
I, I think they skimped a little on the villains by making the heroes, you know, the villains, which is fine. I mean, that's kind of the whole MO of the of the movie. And I, I thought that was much more fascinating than just, you know, the typical, like, oh, there's a bad guy and he's going to destroy the world and we have to stop him. So, um, you know, I don't... I don't knock him too much for that because, you know, the whole conflict was was much more interesting than sure. any sort of into the world scenario would be, yeah. and we've seen those a hundred times already. Exactly, exactly. What did you think about the tag scenes? Both of the tag scenes. Oh, um, I mean, great. You know, I mean, obviously the Spider-Man one's not anything too special, but just it's you know fun seeing him again. Yeah, it was good um, and funny. I mean, yeah, and knowing that. You know, it just sets up that like he's going to have a relationship with um with Stark. Yeah. Um. So that was cool, and um, and then the Black Panther one. I mean that that's got a lot of cool implications. I oh, mean, sure. Bucky's Bucky's frozen in Wakanda. That's an interesting. I didn't see that coming. Turn of events. I I didn't either. But you know that sets up. I I, I don't think we're going to like see him in the Black Panther solo film, but you know it's interesting, and then. You know, it's nice to see that Wakanda is super technologically advanced and, you know, that it looks like it's in the middle of, you know, a jungle and everything, too, was really cool. So, yeah, um, I was really excited. I think um, I think the only thing with Black Panther that and I don't even want to say I was disappointed because they might just not have had time for this, but I've been wondering whether they're going to keep the idea that he's like a genius in the films um I, i'm assuming they are but they didn't really focus on that too much you know because yeah. in the comics obviously he's like one of the smartest people sure sure he's got all these degrees and those I, you know i think biology is his specialty and stuff so you know i don't know if they're gonna necessarily focus on that or not but um i think it'd be nice especially because you know we've already got the you know tony stark and bruce banner is like the geniuses so i think he would be a nice addition to that <clears throat> to the science bros yeah absolutely uh grouping so so you know they didn't really touch on on that in the film or not so i guess that's still a question mark but you know um yeah cool where do you kind of have you given it like you're off the cuff like where do you rank this in the in the list i don't know that i can yet um i really just yeah i really feel like i'd have to to see it again i would definitely say that Man, that's tough. I don't know. It's I definitely liked it better than Age of Ultron. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, it's it's probably it's probably high up there, but it's just hard to say because I mean, Winter Soldier and Guardians are my two favorites, and I've seen those obviously a lot more times. So, and then I would also put you know the first Avengers and the first Iron Man and the first Cap. I really love up there and then I'd also probably put up Ant-Man. So yeah. it's hard. It's, it's probably right under those, but it could also be above those, but it's probably in that grouping that I just rattled off of like top six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I put it like right. My off the cuff was like, I liked it better than winter soldier. Uh, and winter soldier was always my number two. Like Avengers for me, I think will always be number one just because it was, it was the first time we've ever seen anything right. of that scale, and it was so perfectly put together and so mm-hmm. well done that it's like the feeling of of seeing that the first time and understanding what that means 
is is kind of special. And so yeah. it's hard for me for anything to kind of top that uh, that feeling I got while while watching that yeah, movie. Yeah, so. I, I, I totally get that. Um, I, I definitely think that it was a better sequel to The Avengers than Age of Ultron. Oh, absolutely. Even though it would be weird if it had been the sequel. Like, you had to have yes. another outing of them together. Yes, yes. Um, so it was almost just like, I mean, Age of Ultron just feels like, here we go again, you know? Like, yeah. Everybody's together. There's a horde of things that we can kill without worrying about killing them. You know, it was very a lot of similar notes, obviously, from the first one. So, which is fine. I mean, you know, it's like uh, that's kind of like the second Harry Potter book is the same way. It's just like, hey, you liked it the first time. You know, Hunger <laughs> yeah. Games kind of the same yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. you know that happens a lot. But yeah, so even though the whole thing was like, oh, this isn't Avengers two and a half, or you know, it. I, I still think it kind of was like, and again, I, I, I feel like I'd have to see it again, but as much as they trumpeted it as a, you know, this is above all, this is a Captain America film. I, I didn't really feel that way. Even though the um, word civil war are 10 times larger in print than the words Captain yeah. America. <laughs> I mean, I, there was obviously the stuff with Bucky and there was definitely stuff with cap, but yeah. I don't think that the story with cap and Bucky got any more prominence than like, Iron Man wasn't just featured in the film. I mean, he had an entire, he had, you know, arcs, yeah. huge arcs of his own. So I was kind I of surprised that he, of, he had as much to do in it as he did, to be honest with you. I, I was too. I really um, was. And, and that's why I totally disagree that it's a Captain America sequel. It was 100% an Avengers film. I mean, we're almost like, <laughs> a, like, like a Tales of whole... Suspense, you know, like a Cap and an Iron Man movie, you know, like right. The old, exactly. Either way, yeah. at minimum, it's a, it's Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. It's definitely not it's it's not like it it picks up threads obviously from all the cat movies, but it also picks up threads from Avengers movies and Iron Man movies and so I mean it's yeah. it's tough to say. I mean, I'm not knocking it for that at all. No, no, but no. But at the same time, like at some point I definitely would love another, you know, cap and a couple of people film, you know. Yeah, I I would really like for the next if they do another one it to be smaller. Uh, Me too, you know, and I, I think it will. I, yeah, it, as as much we've as talked about this, but I, yeah. I definitely think it will be. As much as I love Widow, I love Falcon. I mean, even Falcon. Like, even if it's just Cap and the Falcon, that's totally fine. <laughs> totally, but uh, I don't think they need to drag everybody else into it. Yeah, and I mean, I would. Yeah, I, I would love Cap and you know blank. You right, know I, mean? right, I think right. anybody would be fun, but yeah, just something smaller, something more personal. You know, I mean, obviously that had a lot of stuff that was true to Captain America, but that doesn't make it a Captain America film. I mean, Avengers had the first Avengers had a lot of sort of ideology behind cap as well, but I wouldn't call that a Captain America film, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I mean that, that doesn't, again, that's, that's not a knock against it or anything, but after seeing it, I, you know, it's, it's clear that that was works much better. If you think of it as, you know, an Avengers film or a, you know, cap and Tony film or whatever, Versus the sequel to Winter Soldier. What did you think about? Uh, I'll just do this last bit, and then we can move on to Agents of Shield because it kind of ties sure, into yeah. it. But um, the fact that nobody knew it was Sharon Carter until the funeral—like I thought that was yeah. a little bizarre. It, it it was weird, and actually, I was thinking that to myself when the funeral started. I was like, um, "Does anybody know they're related? Do we ever get to that?" Well, and then she like says it, yeah. and then. And then she says why she didn't tell anybody. It's like she kept answering my questions. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it it was strange. I mean, to me, it it just felt like they never got around to saying that in Winter Soldier, and then they needed to come up with a reason why. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. Kind of shoved it in there. Um, my thing, and I've gotten like crap for this because I keep saying this, and it's a total like tongue in cheek concern. But I keep wondering who, how are they related? Because what what I've seen is that it's her great aunt, which makes sense because there's a massive age gap sure. between them of like 70 years or something. Yeah. But, um, you know, as far as we know, Peggy had one brother who we saw killed and we don't know that she has any other siblings. So I'm like, who, who were, who were her grandparents that are the brother or sister of Peggy that gave Sharon? So that's that's my like nerd mystery that I don't think will ever ever be answered because it's so inconsequential. Yeah, yeah. But it was the one thing that I kept thinking like, who is she related to? Yeah, maybe and she why has. Don't an, they bring it up? She had an older brother that nobody ever talks about, or right, and and that's the thing. Or I was thinking like maybe her parents had a kid post the Agent Carter show. Like the, obviously yeah. that's huge age difference, but I was like maybe that accounts for the age difference. Yeah, but her dad but then I saw something. something yeah, then I saw some interview, I think, with Emily Van Camp, where she said that it's her great aunt. So that explains the age difference, but uh, not how they're related and why she has the last name Carter still. And, yeah. And then who, apparently then there's a lot of other Carter relatives. You you think Cap would want to like, hey, maybe I should meet them. You know, this was this woman was important to me. Like, hey, why don't I meet your family? Are they at this funeral for... Um, you know, their mother or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, nah, it's just me. No need to explain any further. I don't know. It's totally, I, you know, just totally like joke criticism, but, um, but yeah, I, it was, um, I, I was glad that she was in it. I mean, I want more Sharon Carter. I was not satisfied with the amount that I got in winter soldier. And I wasn't satisfied with the amount that I got, um, in this film. Which is another reason why I would love another Cap film, because I yeah. think that would be a great chance to have Sharon Carter. I mean, especially they've got a relationship now. It seems hard to ignore that. Uh, yeah. I mean, and she could easily pop up in, you know, Infinity War. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love the two of them together doing something for, you know, Cap 4. Sure, sure. Um, I think that could be really cool. So yeah, I mean, I I was glad there was a little more Sharon Carter, but as a fan of her in the comics, I would like, you know, a lot more Sharon Carter. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I was sad that Peggy's dead. Yeah. And that, you know, Haley Atwell didn't show up in like a weird flashback or like ghost appearance or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a video will. Yeah. Yeah. Know, something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a hologram popped up. That could have been cool. But yeah, I mean, it's, it makes sense. I, I, you know, they couldn't have, it would have been hard to fit her in there, but you know, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they took the time to do that scene. I thought it was, I guess that's the most sort of like Captain America focused thing that happened is to like take this time to like have him mourn, you know, this yeah this person who's been so important and who was in his other two films. So um, that was definitely part of the Captain America sequel, you know, part. And, you know, I appreciated that. And I think it, like you said, I think it tied in nicely with um agents of shield this week i think it was yeah, actually absolutely. the best yeah. part of the tie-in yeah, this week i agree i totally agree because it had the most like emotional uh necessity yeah so uh yeah well cool so uh and, and we got some I, I mentioned we would do some feedback uh this week on that 
but I think we may push that to next week because uh, I've got some Facebook feedback cool. for Winter Soul or for Civil War, so we could uh, we could we could talk about that next week. Um, yeah, that'll give us some time to germinate. Seen it again. I, I, yeah, that's the thing I thought about too. I was like, you know, because I'm I'm I'll have seen it again by the time we record again. So uh, I th- I think that'll give me better. Yeah, I would like some, to have a little more perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to talk about it again, because, you know, there's so many little things that, like, you're so wrapped up and y- there's so much craziness happening that <laughs> I definitely want to go back and, like, okay, now I can focus a little more on, like, the plot and, yeah. like, what people are saying and whatever I missed when I went to the bathroom. And, exactly. Like, I think I went to the bathroom right when Ross, Everett Ross, came up, so I almost got none of him. Mm. I have no idea what he was about, but I was very confused by the two Rosses. You know, people yeah. said that that wouldn't be confusing. It confused me constantly because Tony kept being like, hey, send it to Ross. And I was like, wait, the Martin Freeman or oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. Then they're both they're both military guys on the side of the Sokovia Accords. Yeah, that we yeah. both pretty much just met. It was just that was a, a terrible move. Yeah. <laughs> um, But I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, did you at the same time? Did you see it in 3D, non 3D IMAX? How did you? you I did not. So that's how I was planning on seeing it in IMAX, and then the timing didn't work out. So that is that's the other thing I want to do with at least one more viewing is I want to see it in IMAX because they filmed, you know, obviously you know they filmed the airport scene in that. So I want to see how that looks. So how did you see it? I saw it in regular 3D and honestly, I think it was a detriment because there wasn't a whole lot of really cool 3D stuff. There was a few things, Uh, but the main, I felt that about all the films I've seen in 3D. The main thing is that it really has a negative impact. I talked about this last time. It has a negative impact on the action. In my opinion, when you have a lot of of high velocity action and you add the 3D in it, it tends to make it choppy and stuttery and where if you're watching it in 2d, uh, it's a lot smoother. And I think until, you know, 60 frames per second or, uh, you know, 48 frames a second or whatever, whatever they, they settle on becomes more, a little more standard, uh, and they could do it. I think, I think a lot of fast action in, in 3d is, is just a really tough sell. Yeah. And unfortunately like the, I don't know if they do IMAX that's not in 3D, but the no. one by yeah. So the, that's what I saw. The options I had were like 3D IMAX, and I was like, I kind of want to see IMAX and not 3D. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because th- technically 3D IMAX is not really really IMAX. It doesn't use the, right. the 70 millimeter uh, film in it. You know, th- it, digital IMAX is kind of like I don't know. It's 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 a whole thing, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. well, hopefully with Infinity War, since the whole thing will be filmed in IMAX, which is nuts, they'll have we'll have the option to to see it in two D IMAX. That would be nice. Yeah, because I mean, I'm yeah, like I said, I want to go see it in IMAX next time, but that means I have to see it in three D, which I have no no interest in because I've never. I think Avatar is the only thing I've ever seen that made it feel necessary. Yeah, it's funny. I I've, um, I've I think I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but I. If, oddly enough, this is strange to say, but I kind of prefer 3D in the home as opposed to 3D in the theater. Um, oh, I've never experienced that. And and part of it is, or at the Alamo, like the, at the Alamo Draft House when I was in Austin, and th- there's one here in Houston, but but when we were in Austin, 
those guys know how to project 3D. Like, they know, okay, this is 3D. You've got the glasses on. We need to crank up the brightness. We need to tune right, this thing right. for 3D. I, yeah. I think there needs to be more, like, education as to yeah. how to show these things. And and that's um, the problem I think a lot of these theaters have is you go in there. And, it, I mean, I went and saw – when I saw – what was it? Uh, was it Batman versus Superman or – yeah. It was so dark. Uh, it was it was a yeah, real well, problem. Yeah, that – I mean – yeah, that film is already yeah, and it just oppressively the, dark. Yeah, the yeah, projection 3D. was just dark, and the glasses were really tinted. It was it was really yeah. it was really not a, and they, they did not do a good projection job. So um, yeah, at home I 3D could, and dark is just a mess. Yeah, and it and it has to do with you know the lumens and all that other the projector. You know you can only crank that thing up. Yeah, at home I could take my LCD and typically when I watch 3D I crank up the brightness like three or True. four notches. To right. kind of give it to give it more light, so it it kind of counters the, yeah. the glasses effect. So I tend to prefer it usually at home, unless I get a really unless e- it was either filmed in three D or right, which is insanely rare. Now it is at this it is. point, uh, or it, it it just does a really good job of projecting in three D. But but then again, too, yeah. the ones that are filmed in three D when they when they go to to Blu Ray, they're they're usually pretty good. But um, but yeah, so I was curious what. The, yeah. So yeah, my wife hates 3D. So when we go see it, it'll be 2D for sure. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to actually seeing it that way. Yeah, I keep every once in a while I'll see a movie in 3D. Like I tried seeing Ant Man in 3D because I was like, oh, this is this might have some like crazy 3D stuff, and it was just not worth it. Guardians, it was such a mess. Guardians was really good in 3D. That was one. Oh, okay, I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah, one that was one where I can honestly say, you know what, go see that makes this sense. in 3D. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that the. Um, one example of 3D and IMAX that I did wor- love was I saw Jurassic Park when they re-released that in 3D oh, and IMAX. Okay. And that actually worked really well considering it obviously wasn't filmed in 3D sure. or in IMAX. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty impressive. And I guess an example of if you just shoot a film well, you can convert it any way you want and it'll look good. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, still, yeah, hoping that um, I, I would I would like that if we're going to start putting all these movies in 3d that people would start filming them in 3d but um it's just tough too and then yeah you know, but at least we're getting the imax filming yeah. for infinity war that'll be pretty insane and if they're heavy heavily special effects laden it doesn't really matter because all that stuff is digital anyway so exactly you know it's just it's just the live action stuff that um that makes right a it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a lot to yeah. to do <clears throat> all right well good like i said we'll do some feedback next time we'll both seen it again potentially um, yeah, and uh, we won't have a big discussion piece on it, so we'll, we'll be good to right. go. Uh, but I appreciate everybody's feedback on the Facebook group. We got a lot of posts about Civil War in the Facebook group. So cool. uh, if cool. if you've wanted to put your two cents in and haven't yet, uh, please go go ahead and do so because uh, obviously we'll still have time to talk about it. Yeah. Um. So great. All right, Agents of Shield, season three, episode twenty, Emancipation. Yeah. So this is the next week is the finale that or as you as you hear this you've probably will be watching the finale that evening or have just seen it. Yeah. Uh, but but the 2 hour finale is coming up and uh I there this this was another one of those episodes for me that felt very uneven. I don't know if you mm-hmm. felt the same way. I did. Um th- there was a lot of good but then there was a lot of not as good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of little plot holes and stuff yeah, i felt just, like or, or just like yeah or cutting corners or yes, uh, yes making a big deal that... out of something and then and then it matters here but then it doesn't matter there kind yeah. of thing um i i 
really was surprised at how much tie into civil war there was. I was too. Um, I mean, we've, you know, speculated on this and I, I thought it would amount to the, them Colson watching it on TV and kind of making a remark about it. Um, the whole thing with Talbot, I, I didn't, I didn't see them actually trying that. Um, and the reason why, and I think it's the reason why it doesn't work to, for me personally, is that we know that that's never going to have an impact on the film. We already saw the film. We know that there's no mention of Inhumans, right. even though even the Watchdogs apparently know they're called Inhumans, which as far as I knew, that wasn't a widely known thing. I thought in the in Ellis's address he mentioned that. Maybe he did, yeah. But, I mean, it's just another thing. I mean, we've talked about the ridiculous nature of the President of the United States declaring hey, there's enhanced alien people running around. Yeah. And then they wouldn't. And then his secretary of state, who is Ross. I mean, you know, the logic of this universe is that Ross works for and was appointed by Ellis. And yet, I mean, it's you know, it's messy. But I just um, I think that's why it doesn't work for me is because the idea that Talbot, who is the head of this group appointed by the president, is getting the inhumans to register and i i think the idea of them registering is interesting but then knowing that it will have no impact in in the films and that just makes me feel like they're gonna forget about it by the next episode let alone the next season i mean we're at the end of the season yeah we're not gonna the, launch into a big registration plot line yeah the only thing i found interesting and i don't know if and again back to civil war and i don't know if this was intentional having to do with the tv show or not but vision talks about the fact that since you know Tony Stark put on the armor yes. that the number of powered people superheroes enhanced individuals however he he mm-hmm. phrased it has grown exponentially that's true and that could be a broad catch-all yeah. sort of thing um which yeah i mean again is interesting and and to me that's one of those examples of the films have missed a lot of opportunities to just make these broad blanket statements so they could easily make, you know, mm-hmm. like obviously the film when it was being written and filmed, they can't necessarily talk about specific inhumans or anything like that or the events because they don't know what's going to happen. But at the same time, the plot line of there being inhumans was long ago established. Right, I mean, right. Long before Civil War started being filmed let you know and probably in the middle of it being written so it's not like they couldn't have i'm not asking for like a big thing but yeah a little more elaboration on that you know maybe ross says something like vision says where you know there's vigilantes running around in the streets and there's you know enhanced people popping up all over the world you know something like that and then it's just like okay we're admitting that like because then, you know, you also have the logic of why does Tony Stark, when he's looking to fill out his roster, his first idea is I should get like a 16 year old kid. Yeah. He's been like running around the streets for six months, grabbing like purse thieves to fight in this mega battle between like all these people. When another, you know, and another part of New York, there's the highly publicized daredevil. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. every major newspaper in New York is talking about this guy. He's an adult, he, you know. I mean, it's and I mean maybe the logic is he's like, ah, eh, it's just a dude in a suit or something. Right, yeah. This kid's got powers, right. but 
the logic of him recruiting like a 16 year old is best if we don't think about it. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Incredibly irresponsible. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's Tony. I mean, sure. And a great, and that's perfect. I mean, it makes sense. Um, and again, so, you know, it's a small nitpick, but, sure. um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I think, I think it could be an interesting thing. And I think that shield was playing with that early on the idea of them sort of being divided along their own lines of civil war. We saw a couple of, of conflicts between the characters, you know, even the idea of the watchdogs. Um, yeah, but I think they sort of abandoned it when they started focusing more on like what hive was doing. Yeah. And I felt like they kind of re crammed it in this episode just to like move the plot forward. When we know that next week, there's so many other things that are going to be going on. They're not going to be talking about registration. We probably won't see Talbot again, you know? So unless they're going to decide to pick this up next year, next season, which I, I just don't think they will, I, I guess we'll see how much impact the Sokovia courts continue to have in the MCU. I hope it's not something that just sort of gets swept under the rug. Yeah. It, the one, um, the one thing that seemed clear to me in watching the show was it seemed that the, the show version of, of the events they're portraying seemed closer to the comic version of Civil War, where they're talking about did. registration, identification, you a know, name on a list, name on a yeah. list, public identity, all that kind of stuff. Whereas the movie was just like, hey, you and I guess it made sense because they were just t- speaking to the Avengers specifically. But like, hey, you mm-hmm. need to sign this paper so you can't just go off and do your own thing that your your team is not your team anymore. Your team is our right. Team. Because the other the other logic that doesn't follow through in the show is that they they weren't beho- in the movies they're not beholden to any like government but in the show they, they literally are. work for the U.S. government. Yep. yep. And then the other plot hole that bothered me is five episodes ago we have Ellis saying the world's not ready to know that Shield still exists. You're going to be my black ops, ops team. I know you have Inhumans. And then in this episode it's like, hey, do you have Inhumans? Um, maybe it's time for S.H.I.E.L.D. to come into the light. President Ellis wants you to register. It's like, it completely goes against every single thing he said the last time we saw him. So he's a politician. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess we could say that. And and maybe the whole idea of the Accords just changed everyone's mind. That's kind of how I took it, yeah. It was literally the impetus of Ellis like reinstating shield was like, yeah. he literally says the world's memory is not that short. And it's like been three weeks. And now he's like, okay. Yeah. And you know, cause Talbot says maybe it's time to step into the light. And yeah, I mean, again, it could just be like now his hands are tied, but I thought the logic would be Ellis would say, Hey, you are still my black ox ops team. That's the whole point. And it's not like you aren't sanctioned in some way by the government because you are. So and maybe he's, we have tabs on you. We know where you are. Yeah. We know the names of a lot of these people. Well, but the thing is he's up until Sokovia, right? He could, he could have his Ellis speaking of could have his own little team that he keeps in his back pocket. Right. Now you sign the Sokovia Accords and it's a UN thing. Right. Now, it's the UN, not just if, the US. Yeah, yeah. If it finds out, if somebody finds out like, Hey, president sanctioned this little team he's got in his back pocket. Uh, and and isn't abiding by this document that he signed uh, as you know uh, and ostensibly Congress has approved and all this other kind of stuff. It's like wow, that's going to put you in a bad spot if you if you basically break a 
uh, you know, break a treaty. Yeah. And I agree. Um, I, I think the frustrating part for me is it's another example of us doing the writer's job for them. Right. Like we Absolutely. just justified something that they could have had one line of dialogue. Like Colson could have been like, Hey, a couple weeks ago, Ellis said this. And then Talbot was like, well, things have changed. It's, you know, the world needs accountability. He can, you know, if, if Talbot said what you just said, it would have made total sense. Uh, yeah. You're, but, you're like right. the logic we're faced with is, it just looks like plot holes. So to me, it was just an example of of sloppy writing. Yeah, and given the pace of this episode, I think that's something they could have added in without oh, yeah. really affecting... They could exactly. have chopped some stuff other places to make that happen. Especially because, I mean, you could literally drop that line within like about... You know, Colson would be like, hey, last time Ellis said... And then Talbot could have just been like, look, doesn't matter what he said last time. You know, he could have like cut him off right there. It doesn't matter what he said last time. The Sokovia, you know what? I don't know. It could have taken like 10 seconds. Sure, so sure. It's like, yeah, it to me, it's just like them forgetting what they did, you know, five episodes ago. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the, just one of the things that bugged me. And and just the idea that I don't really think they're going to explore this registration idea. So it just seemed like a little ham fisted, like, hey, Sokovia, am I right? You've <laughs> yeah. got Inhumans. Let's bring back Talbot. And then next episode, it's like Talbot who we've got. We've got to kill Hive and his. <laughs> Is weird, uh, you know, butt face people. Yeah, I, you know <laughs> what's interesting is I, not to get too far off topic, but I think of anything, the Sokovia thing has the most interesting implications for the Netflix heroes because it does. They're not they're the ones who sort of have the secret. I well, at least with Daredevil, yeah, have like the secret identity, and they're completely off off any book, right? I mean, right, they're, that, they're not beholden exactly. to any government. They're not beholden. They're not even right. a team. Uh, not not yet at least they're not even a team themselves so it's not like they're you know kind of organized and and kind of do their own thing i guess maybe the right. argument too is they're not really acting on a large scale like they're not yeah. going to foreign countries and saying hey we're exactly. here to go we're here to help is. you <laughs> right they're yeah they're they're kind of operating in the shadows they haven't really done i mean daredevil's really the only one who's done anything large in scope and even that was just like gang violence you right. know you know as far as most people know um, but it'll be interesting to see if they if they creep any of that into into the show, you know, whether whether it's, you know, somebody coming in and, you know, whether the technical I mean, because I, I guess that's the other aspect yeah. of the show is they're technically like if the if the police came across Daredevil, they would try and arrest him. Yeah, um, definitely. Even though they've done they've come across him a bunch and they haven't arrested. Yeah. Him. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like the Batman thing. But right? they should. It's, it's yeah, like, you exactly. Know, you, or Spider-Man. I mean, sure. that, you know, that's a problem that he faces a lot is that it's like, hey, you're technically you're breaking the law. Right. You know, um, so I'll be, uh, anyway, I'd be curious to see if if how, yeah, if and will, how uh, they they pull that into that realm. Yeah, I, I would be, too, because um, it, it seems relevant and it's a big news. It's the type of thing that if it happened in the real world, it would be we've never had a news story that big where these superpowered people are like having a fight over this government treaty, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. that's an insane thing. Like every person in the world would be talking about that. Yeah. Especially people who are superheroes themselves. Yeah. But I, I did kind of like that Coulson, I think Coulson was trying to throw him a bone Talbot cause he took him to the hideout, which again, right. that talk about something straight out of, uh, you know, Lee Kirby, Yes. shield yeah. stuff it's like oh we're in a, we're in a dive bar and now yeah. all of a sudden we're in your old ssr off the books base yeah that was great so that was that was totally just them going fit. into the floor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
great great shield spy stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. kind of like the barber shop in uh, Cuba that exactly. we saw way back when. Yeah, but uh, but so that was cool. But he's trying to kind of, I guess, maybe throw Talbot a bone and saying, "Okay, look, you're right. I've you you've done me. You know when." He spearheaded taking out Hydra. It's almost like I think Coulson felt, okay, you've done me a solid, and you've been the good soldier. Now it's my turn to play nice. And so the the big thing with this episode was bringing Talbot into the fold and trying to placate him and hopefully get him to see that while, you know, yes, I I get what, what the Sokovia Accords bring, but the fact that we're a sanctioned government agency, we should be given a little bit of freedom to not have to play completely to the letter of the law uh, and and yeah of course talbot disagrees with that vehemently yeah and i don't know that they ever even resolved the issue in no. the show Mm-mm. which is another thing that makes it feel like a forced tie-in to me is that they do the lip service and then it's like well they move on and it's like well is is talbot okay with it is ellis okay like what did they walk away like okay it's fine they can keep operating this way because isn't isn't the problem still the same problem like they're still unregistered and doing all this stuff and there's inhumans everywhere and talbot brings up like hey security footage caught this dead guy and this fairly well-known inhuman agent in this town where like a thing crashed you know like that would that would be stuff that obviously the whole government knows about, like a yeah. thing crashed into a town and I'm, here's this footage of these people. And I'm glad they acknowledge that. Cause that's one of the things we talked about last too. week was the fact that like, nobody saw this thing crash out. In exactly. Town. <laughs> like, but again, if it's like obviously more than just Talbot knows about it, right. it's the idea that like at the end of the episode, it's just like, well, you know what, Colson, you're an all right guy. And that makes it like all okay. Is it's like, wait, what does that like, is everybody appeased? Yeah, they can't you technically still get like busted by this? I mean, nothing nothing was ever resolved and that that was disappointing. Yeah, I I agree with you. If they end this season or and I'll even give it the leeway of okay, pick it up again at the beginning of next season, but Me too. If by the beginning of next season they just ignore all this, then it was a complete it was it was it was a waste. Like it was just like, well, I yeah. guess we have to acknowledge this thing because we have this other exactly. thing. Uh, and and this is what it is. Then to me, it's just like if you're just going to do that, then don't insult your fan base and just exactly just not do exactly. it. Exactly, exactly, because that's not that's not what we want by a tie-in. You know, that's like I feel like there was a there was a time when like Easter eggs were like just a cool little nod to fans, and then with MCU, it became more about like this is the egg was like the potential for another storyline or a connection. Yeah. And now it just feels like this mandated thing that like is just getting in the way of, of a logical coherent story. And I mean, I think the Ultron time was, was kind of similar yeah. in that it, there was a logic to it that was neat and it would have made sense if a, the movies had to follow it along with the same tie in. They should have been like on that show. Period. Exactly. And then B, if they had have like followed through with it at all. Yeah. But it's like as soon as the episode's over, it's done, and the movies are never going to acknowledge it. So, you know, why does the show feel the need to like tie themselves down if nobody else yeah. is going to tie themselves to it? And that's the thing. It's like if you're not if if you're going to establish rules in the world and you're going to allow this thing to not adhere to it or not really pay attention to it, then I think you you do 
what Warner Brothers does and say, you know what, the TV is the TV and the movie is the movie. And, exactly. And, you know, they're not connected and then it gives them more freedom to, to tell better stories. But if you're, if you're gonna, if you're, if you're playing in the, in the world that they established with this show, then you say, okay, fine. If, and they, and they've done it for the most part, you know, they did it obviously when, you know, with the, so, with the Winter Soldier time, but, but yeah. for this, if this is the law of the land and it clearly is at the end of Civil War, then they have to acknowledge it and there has to be – that has to come into play. I mean they can't yeah. just brush it under the rug. Yeah, and I mean if they do, it's just – then to me it's a knock against – to me then it's bad writing. Yeah. Because it's an unnecessarily – you know, it's an unnecessary addition to the plot that serves no purpose. Yeah. And that we're like – we're sitting here like – trying to make it make sense yeah yeah and and that's like again it's like you said i mean that's unfair to the fans because you're kind of like giving us this thing that you know we're going to obsess over exactly and it goes nowhere and we you know care about it more than you do and it's just like don't introduce it if you're not going to like make it be meaningful because i mean let's be honest if you're looking at the ratings, the only people really watching the show are the hardcore fans. Exactly. I mean, you're not, not getting the casual people to watch this show. Yeah, nobody's like, ooh, a Civil War tie-in. I should start checking this show out. It's, it's You know, it's not happening. And if they did, it's not like they're going to be like, yes, I'm glad I watched that. It was essential to my to my viewing of Civil War. You yeah. know, if it was something the movies referenced, then, then there's a case for oh, you know, you can get some extra mileage out of this film by watching this episode. But if you've, like, never watched S.H.I.E.L.D. or stopped watching or something and and you're like, oh, maybe I should watch this episode because it ties into Civil War, like, it would be a complete, you know, waste. The only benefit, and again, this is, to me, the only thing that works, is Coulson reacting to Peggy dying. Yeah, yeah. And And the idea of Cap, like, being at odds with Tony and stuff, like, that's the thing to me that has the only like connection to the film and is the only thing that's motivated by any sorts of logic or emotion. And it's the thing that works the best. And, and that to me is the perfect example of a, of a tie in and how the universe works. It's small, it's subtle, but there's precedent and there's history and there's meaning to it. Yeah. And so I, I, I mean, I love that. That was, that was such a great thing because obviously we've had the flashbacks to agent Carter and, mm-hmm. She found S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, there's just so much connection. And obviously, like, we know that, you know, Phil is a huge Captain America fanboy. So so it's such a great moment to see him, like, react to this idea of, like, these are the, the pillars of S.H.I.E.L.D., the people who started this. And, you know, one of them's dead and the other one's, you know, fighting his family and is a fugitive from the government now. And, you know, so I that to me really worked. And I, I could have I would have been fine with them just leaving that there and not doing the whole like Talbot thing the way they did it. Yeah. We found out that Peggy died at 95. So that she died in 95. She was 95 years old. Oh, I thought you were saying she died in 1995. No, sorry. <laughs> I was like, no, wait, what? Have the movie's been in the nineties. That would be a revelation. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the whole time the MCU movie world was actually yeah, 20 90s. years ago. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. 95. I mean, yeah, she was, because, I mean, we have to assume in Agent Carter she's late 20s, maybe, yeah, early 30s. That, you know, I think it would be so generous be, to say late 20s. Yeah, but. so at that point she she was born in 1921. So if it's mm-hmm. 47, she's, you know, 26. Right. So. I mean, look, Haley Atwell looks great, but <laughs> the idea that she's 26 and that is, is crazy. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I guess the next biggest piece is the. Well, I thought I thought it was funny when he was when Coulson was walking with Talbot, and he said, "Yeah, sometimes uh, battles need to be fought with secret warriors." I thought that was kind of another. That was a good use yes. of secret warriors. Those the the exactly. Lincoln secret warriors initiative I thought was just so right. ramfisted. Or I was like, oh my or God. Andrew introducing it back in like episode one. Yeah, where he's like these uh, secret warriors, <laughs> like he's inventing the term as yeah. he says it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like well. <laughs> Like, that was yeah that was a much better it's like oh that makes a sense that makes sense you know yeah. um but we find that daisy is being drained in an aggressive manner she looked yeah geez. i think she i think they terrible I think they overdid the makeup on it because it was like yeah it was like i could almost see the white from the makeup like it was so i mean i get the point they're, right. they're trying to make her look pale because obviously well, it was like the first bottle she already looked terrible yeah like that was supposed to be like her first sitting i thought i took it as that was not her first sitting. Oh, okay. i took it as they they've been steady doing this for however okay, long that, yeah. yeah that makes a lot more sense yeah. uh but i was like wow and then again it kind of you know by the end of it he's like oh we'll just drain all of it and she's like right totally casually oh we're gonna need all of it and she has this weird conflicted look on her face because at first she, oh, it's almost like fear, but then at the second uh, – and then it's almost yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, that's – yeah, I need to do my part. Yeah, there there were hints throughout the episode that I thought maybe she was – you know, especially in her dealing with Lincoln, I thought I thought she was going to like want to get away because she saw that like he was just using everybody or I thought maybe the blood draining would somehow like sap the connection that's what I thought, a little yeah. bit or something. Yeah. But, I mean, no. Nothing like that happened. I mean, the whole, again, I still, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm calling BS on the whole sway thing. Because, again, I just, I felt like with every, all the other characters, it felt like a sway. But with Daisy, it, it yes, she was acting like herself, you know, quote herself. But she, the just the extreme way she did things and everybody she betrayed and tried to kill, it just the only way to justify it is that she was like 100% like being mind controlled, you know, and she just acted like herself still, but in terms of the way she talked or whatever. But yeah. I mean, I guess you can make was, the argument that, well, she hasn't in Cree blood in her and that maybe his, his, you know, because it's, it's this whole inhuman thing that maybe it's, yeah. it's a little more potent on her than it would be somebody else. I right. Don't know. I mean, and, and that's fine, but they never, again, you know, that's us connecting exactly. dots. Yeah. They never, they they presented us with the idea that, which I thought was an interesting idea, that it just sort of like switches the way you think slightly, you know? Yeah. But with her, I just felt like they went so extreme with the way she acted that it's hard to imagine that like, and they never touched, and maybe they will next week, I don't know. Maybe they'll touch on the idea that like, hey, you, it's supposed to be a sway, so that means you kind of felt this way a little bit. But if they don't, then it's like, well, that doesn't feel like a sway. It really just feels like, you know, more or less mind control. Yeah. So, I mean, but, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if that'll play out next week, if people will sort of like reprimand her for what she did or what. I don't know. I mean, I guess the whole fact that it actually affected her brain in a physical manner, I guess that, you know, that carries a lot of weight too. Yeah. And, and I agree. I just, um, they kept going out of the way, even in this episode, they kept calling it like sway. That yeah. implies something very minor, yeah, you know, true. very gentle, you know, yeah. It's like, well, it just kind of makes you think a little different. But at the same time, they're like, it's like she's addicted to a drug, you know, <laughs> and like it's messing with her brain. And it's like, OK, well, that's a little, you know, when people are like addicted to a drug like that's a 
that's a pretty powerful like you know you know that changes people's actions pretty extremely i wouldn't call that like a sway you know a sway is like is like a light breeze or something yeah yeah so that i mean that was the only thing i thought it seemed like they were kind of setting up like a a different take a little bit on on sort of like the mind control and then it seemed like it was more a little more of a traditional obviously they weren't like zombies but right you know you know they were they were poisoned in a way you know yeah so so do you want to talk about um the uh the watchdogs getting turned into these (laughs) man dude the thing that really (laughs) killed me and i'm sure you rolled your eyes but it's like these guys were trying to they were i don't know if they're trying to make them sound like 80s action hero action movie tropes but it was like they're disease they're the disease let's give them the cure i was like yeah. they did not just use that dialogue in this movie yeah and just like when they go to capture james like, they're oh. like let's just capture him we'll have fun back at the base it's like i was like oh god what level are the you know because it's like it, there's an interesting concept to this to these people thinking that like they're being invaded or something or they have to, they're being oppressed by like more powerful yeah, people, but they turn the like, watchdogs into the guys from deliverance, you know, it's just like, exactly. It's, then it's like, wait, so they, are they just like weirdos who want to like, just like torture? It's like, yeah. what decide? I just want to know like what, again, to me, it was like, it's another example of a lot of interesting ideological things being brought up earlier in the season and then by the end of the season, they just kind of were like, eh, they're just generic bad guy rednecks who want to yeah. torture anybody who's different. And the hive sway, it's really just mind control. And, you know, it's like they, they there was like subtlety and then they're just like, eh, forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just, and so I thought that's, that's been, I thought yeah, I mean, they were. The design was poor. I mean, I get it that it was a failed attempt, but. They looked terrible. That was terrible. Like, they had so little terrible. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, not to get too randy, but, you know, it just looked like a little... Have you ever seen that episode of South Park where there's the people who have butts for faces? No. Uh-uh. Okay, it's like a real old one, but anyway, that's... Google that, but that's just what it made. <laughs> I mean, they look terrible. Everything was pinched and they had these weird little yeah. openings, and there was nothing scary about them. They just looked like... <laughs> yeah. It... And, and apparently there's... I was reading this. I I did not know. I think Doug brought it up in his review, but I guess they're based on an actual inhuman group called the Alpha Primitives. The Alpha Primitives, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which are sort of like a slave race of inhumans Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, that kind of result from, like, experiments. So they don't look like that, but I guess it's a similar idea. Yeah, yeah, definitely they were going with that. But, man, it just did not pull off well. It didn't work at all. I mean, they could have... Again, the, the... the creature, I mean, the creature design in this episode was, it was all the worst stuff, because we also had Lash, Lash. which I Oof. just, I can never, I will never get over how much they, because, man, in the comics, that character looks so, so cool. Well, like, And it looks nothing like Blair Underwood. I mean, not, I mean, no. it's clear, like, hey, we don't want to have to pay this guy to sit in makeup all day. <laughs> so Yeah, gonna... so they got this other guy who, and again, like, I get maybe you want to have this, like, crazy, like, ripped muscly dude or something but even that guy to me he doesn't even look that massive of a guy he's tall but he just kind of looks like a tall guy and and they don't like like, he's got a six-pack but it's like but it doesn't really look like a big monster no and it doesn't look like muscles it looks like 
a, a yeah. guy wearing a suit. Like it, it exactly. It just was bad. Like it was so yeah. If, the, yeah. The, the coloring and the fact that he's just wearing like slacks and boots is just sort of yeah. It's just very unimaginative. Yeah. You know, I think that's the big thing. It's 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 unimaginative. Like it's it's not. He doesn't look badass. He doesn't look scary. He doesn't look cool. He he doesn't. It's just weird. Yeah. You know. I mean, it looks cheap. It looks very cheap. Which is a shame because then with the special effects, like I think James's flame chain was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, yeah, that looked awesome. It looked incredible. So like, apply that to the makeup, you know? Yeah. Or put a shirt on him and just call it a day. You know, it's just like yeah. If you're not going to do try it, try as hard. Yeah, yeah. If you're not going to go all the way, then I don't want to. I don't want to see it. I mean, we talked a little bit about that, or maybe we didn't, but I think there was a similar thing with Gordon and that his eye thing always looked kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Raina they did a pretty good job with. Yeah. Um, it wasn't amazing, but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the the makeup in this, you know, or or whatever, you know, the prosthetics in this episode were were terrible, but the special effects were great. Yeah. Because yeah, that flame chain was like, yes, that is so cool. Like that's how I want to see superpowers yeah. utilized. Yeah. Very inventive and again it's i mean that's how he is in the comics sure sure that's actually the only way you can i believe it's the only way he can use his powers yeah. is through the chain yeah. or maybe just through objects through object, but he yeah. uses a chain um it's it's really cool and i'm glad that it wasn't just a one note thing we're using the alley like i like that later on he still had it it's like yeah he's into it he's just like oh this chain's pretty cool <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i think i'm gonna keep using that so this, yeah i definitely think i definitely hope he keeps using that chain and that now I before it was like ah eh, James is okay you know but now I'm like okay James is, needs to stick around yeah because I need to see more of that flame chain and, and then it was just weird because like for for the you know the the doctor was like well okay so he uses all of this blood to get, mm-hmm. infect these four dudes and does a crappy job at it so he's gonna drain the rest of it and be able to do a better job it almost just seemed like it, yeah. it was like like what like I don't. Okay, you're gonna go from that to what exactly Hive wants that quick, and then the fact that you tie it all in with the fact that he's gonna have enough of whatever this is that's gonna be able to do a good enough job to weaponize on a nuclear warhead and affect everybody. It was just like yeah. way too much of a stretch for me. Way they too reach too far. Yeah. I I really hate when the sh- when TV shows feel the need to make the stakes be the entire world. Yeah. Because it's just like you're a TV show. You're never going to get that big. Make it be a city. Make it be, you know what I mean? I mean, I was, it's something that I liked a lot in Arrow. When, like, there was a big season-long conflict, it was the city. It was the city that was under siege and not someone who was going to destroy the world. The idea of destroying the entire world is just, like, that's just way too monumental and ambitious for, like, this small group of people and then to justify Talbot, like, hey, Talbot, don't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to tell anybody. It's like, what? This is, under this logic, yeah, someone's going to release a nuclear warhead that turns everyone into these weird sub, you know, these human fetuses. And, like, and it's going to, like, he's going to enslave the entire world, 7 billion people in the world. And, like, it's like, no, we got it. Us, like, six people can handle it. Yeah. And it's just, like, oh, too much. It's just too much. It, it would have been fine if it was, like, oh, he's going to detonate it over a city, you know? Yeah. Like, just something like that. But I, I, yeah. I will say the the one uh, – we'll bring, I'll bring it back to Lash in the end. But to cut back to the Lincoln stuff, I was a little 
I was very a little nervous with the whole Lincoln thing because I was like, oh man, like the fact that we have this impregnable box that he's in and he's able to just like pop off the, <laughs> the one of right. the one of the little bubbles and and you know I, I mean I like the fact that Daisy said yeah we'll MacGyver your way out of here and they were kind of playing, playing a little fast and loose with the whole I'm going to put the video on loop thing but you know whatever that right because he didn't do that later when he's like pacing she comes back in and it's like wait what did you loop him pacing <laughs> yeah it was like wait a minute that's what I was saying earlier it's like yeah so they made a big deal out of it then right. they didn't make a big deal out of it. Exactly, later. It's I like, know what? exactly. It's like when it when it needs to fill time, you make a big deal of it, and then when you yeah. need to rush through the story, it doesn't matter yeah. anymore. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he would be able to take this panel off and access the inner workings of this thing, I'm like, okay, this thing was meant to stop the Hulk. How is it that right. he was able to just like pull this thing off? Just like pop. Yeah, it was yeah. like what? But I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I, I thought it was it was a nice switcheroo because I really thought that Lincoln. I kept thinking Lincoln's got to be and and the other bit was when May was very deliberate with him. She's like straighten up, fly right and eat your food. And I was like, okay, that's a very deliberate. Like May doesn't crack jokes. So it was really deliberate. And so then we find out later that yeah, she she was passing messages to him on the food tray, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and again, it's it's good to see him as a team player. Yes. And and I I I will say I've I've been nothing but a harsh critic of Lincoln. I think this episode was probably the best of him. I think he got a chance to do a little bit of acting. I finally sort of bought the him and Daisy's relationship for the first time. Yeah. Um, so I think this was definitely his his best outing. And I think the reason is they've never really given him a story before. Right. And I think this is the first time that they actually gave him something to do. So you know, once again, it's like it, it wasn't really fair to like hate Lincoln or to hate the actor. It was it was just the writers just had no idea what to do with him. Yeah. And they just forced him in there because it's like, well, he's the guy that Daisy liked. So we got to keep him around. And what do we do with him? So, yeah. So it, it just shows that when they actually like focus on the character, they can make them interesting. Yeah. So I thought it was cool that it was it, it was a nice little switcheroo that that when he's like, oh, you know, Talbot was freaking out that he let him get away and then he walks out and I was like, wait a minute. I'm trying to, for a minute I was trying to think, I'm like, did we see an inhuman that could, that could like morph into other, like look like other right. people or something like that? I was trying to think. And then it was like, oh, Lash. And then they put Lash on it. Um, and again, that was a little weird because I guess he was still somewhat in control. I guess, I guess the in the argument there it could be, well, they gave him that antidote, and while it didn't work, maybe it, it allowed, maybe it kind of dialed him back yeah. a little bit. But again, another example of like a plot thread that they yeah. just kind of abandoned yeah. and left us to be like, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah, it didn't make sense why he was good and he could like talk and yeah. he's like, yeah, it was just like, and again, I, I'm, he's finally dead, it appears, but that's like the eighth time that we've said goodbye to Lash. We met him at the beginning of the season, and I feel like every three episodes he shows up out of nowhere, and, and it's like, well, I'm not going to be around for a while, and then two more episodes, it's like, hey, it's Lash again. Well, and May's like, I've got to let you go this time. And, and what's funny is he's this unstoppable force for the for the whole season. Like, he's just tearing through people. Right. And then he gets to these – then he gets stopped. I, I thought 
I thought it was interesting how they set him up to be, oh, well, his purpose. Because, you know, Lincoln has gone on about, and humans have a purpose. Yeah. And I thought, okay, it's cool that he's the um, he's the anti-hive, right? He was the one right. that was set up to kill him. I thought, that, okay, that's a cool premise. Exactly. And we've seen him just utterly, you know, d- d- tear people's chests out and kill all these inhumans. Uh, two things I was not real happy with is, one, the fact that, that James was able to take him out by just whipping the chain. Like, we've seen... In humans yeah. use powers against him to no effect, but yet this especially because he seems to be able to absorb energy. Yeah, so you would think that, f- but this the hellfire energy would like yeah, but it goes right through him and yeah. kills him. And I was like, well, that was kind of easy. Um, yeah, it just seemed like tying up loose ends. Yeah, because May's not even around. It's right, just like oh, he's dead. And I guess and if you don't have Blair Lash- Underwood, what difference does it make anyway? But right, but that's another one of the weird implications of this is we got the death of lash but we will never see the death of uh you know andrew yeah it's not like andrew dies in may's arms you know it's just this random monster thing dies and we're supposed to be like oh it's andrew yeah it's emotional but it's like not really emotional and i thought it was odd that he was able to pull that infection out of daisy i was like well where did that power come from it's almost again it's they're treating him He's he's just the device to do what the writers need to be done, whether yeah. or not he's, there's he's a, a precedent. Yeah, just like a living plot device. And then it's like, okay, we're done with him, he, chain through the chest. Yeah. Let's ignore the fact that there was also like a kind of a main character inside that body that we just killed off without, you know, a proper. Yeah. Because they've been teasing this idea that like, well, at some point, you know, Andrew will come back. And, and instead it was just like. Nope. Nope. I I feel like that could have been a good thing to like show up, you know, next season or two seasons from now, you know, just like leave them out there and like, let's come back to them. Yeah. But like this whole season has been like, there's been a whole bunch of episodes where they, they like kill him, but then he's not dead. And then he like goes away, but then he comes back. Yeah. And it's just like, it's been very anticlimactic and i guess technically there's nothing to say that they can't like okay we think he's dead and they bury him and then we get a tag episode of like the whole closing up where his went through his chest and he you know his eyes sure. light up or something but like i that. feel like they would have had to have done it this episode yeah you know, i would think yeah it would be weird for like them i don't know at the end of the finale to be like hey remember when last? i don't know i mean they could yeah i it's definitely possible but Again, then it just makes him even more of a convenient plot device. It's yeah. like, oh, he's still not dead. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. God, how many times are they going to kill Lash? Yeah. Like, yeah, then it just becomes a joke. Decide what you want to do with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which he are, is too much well, of a joke already. Right, more than it is, yeah. Which is a shame because Andrew was a great character. Yeah. Blair Underwood was fantastic. And Lash, from a comic standpoint, is very interesting. So they just, they really just drop the ball and they keep fumbling with it all season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was weird. Just like, okay, well, we need a reason for Daisy to not be... It, again, the blood draining, I feel like that would have been a much more emotionally satisfying, that she slowly was, like, regaining herself, and then yeah. maybe she turns on on a hive. But, yeah, just the idea that he removes it, and then I was just, like, furious with him, like, Beauty and the Beast, like, picking her up and... And just like slow mo, like strings yeah. playing, carries like, her to the. I was just like, oh, oh are you kidding me? Yeah. And that's what it reminded me of. Finally, it clicked. It's like he looks like Beast from the like 
90s like live action Beauty and the Beast show. <laughs> it was like late 80s maybe yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, Linda Hamilton. I, I just remember it when I was Ron a Perlman. kid. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, that's what he looks like. It looks like makeup effects from like 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then him carrying her, I was just like, no, that is, it just looks so corny. And it's like, wait, are we all of a sudden supposed to care about Lash? Like we've been told over and over that he's like a terrible monster. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's supposed to be like, no, he's not. It's like he doesn't want to kill Daisy, so it's okay. And it's like, oh, well, that's all right. That's like a serial killer who has a yeah. soft spot for one person. Yeah. And it's like, what a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, it removes at the end. They're like, oh, I guess he wasn't made to kill Hive. He was made to save Daisy. And then it's, it's just like, like oh, that makes, that's that makes even less sense. Yeah. Because now it's like, are we talking about like a, is this like a religious thing? Is this like intelligent design? You know, it's like, it's one thing if Hive's been around forever. So the idea that like the, the sort of inhuman thing would create lash in response to this like age old threat is much, much more interesting yeah. than the idea that he was created just to save this one person because this one thing just happened. To ha- it's just like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Again, a lot of interesting possibilities, and then they just were like, nah, let's just make it as blunt as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah. So, man, we're really tearing into Yeah, I was going to say, people listening to this are probably like, man, these guys are bagging I know. on this thing. And I didn't, I didn't really feel that way watching it. I was like, ah, oh, that's a bummer, but that's cool. But now talking about it, I'm just like, I, don't... I think it's because we're coming to the end and I'm really starting to to think about a lot of the kind of missed opportunities and little yeah. things that bugged me throughout the season that I'm, I was hoping they would sort of justify by the end of the season. And obviously we still have the finale, but, you know, given the sort of things they try to tie up here, I just... I don't know. I maybe I'll be completely wrong when I see the finale, but yeah, I I was not expecting her to be freed da- Daisy meaning here. I thought that was going to be like yeah, the big thing at the end of the season, you know, that we get yeah. next, you know, at the end of the finale. So yeah. Though I guess the title could have been a giveaway since it was called emancipation. So I guess somebody had to get freed. So yeah, I'm curious to see where that goes. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a lot of dramatic play they can do. You know, just the fact that she realized she she's cognizant of what she's done. She's yeah. remorseful. She's and, also and I think in that's bad why physical they did shape. It. Yeah, I think they want to give time for like everybody to react to what happened yeah. to her instead of that just being like right at the end of the finale or something. Yeah. So it'll be it'd be interesting to see how this ties up, and then of course we kind of glossed over the. I thought the good one of the better parts of the episode as well was the Mac and and Yo Yo stuff. Yes, it which was. was very good, uh, and I liked that the tag. They they've been doing this a little more this season, but you know you sort of have the these action heavy episodes, and then the tags are more like character moments. Yeah. So um, and again. You know, I speculated a few weeks back that maybe Mac would die because he was the one who had the necklace. And so this proves to me that he won't die because they gave him the necklace. Yeah. Well, and the other thing. It would have had to have happened in like the finale. But the f- yeah. it's too much of a it's too much of a misdirect. Yeah. Well, and the other the thing that throws me off is we see whoever's in that shield that that uh, Quinjet has uh like an old school shield uniform on, you know, with the patch right. on the shoulder and stuff. And I, that doesn't look like Mac. Like I don't see them putting Mac in, in that kind of. Yeah. Getup. Yeah. I'm leaning towards may. I am too. Point. I am because I, it's also, I don't think this is anything we ever talked about, but 
and I guess there's a loophole in this episode because Daisy like autopiloted the Quinjet, but it you know it might have to be somebody who can actually fly a Quinjet. Yeah. Um, which, as far as we know, is only May and I think Mac. Yeah. So. And I think they've been kind of. I mean, man, I really hate that because I love Ming Na. I really, I, I, really I do too. love her. And and I would almost say that this season it wouldn't happen because I think she's gotten the least character development this season out of any of the characters, especially given how much they've done for her yeah. in the past seasons, yeah. you know, giving her like an episode each. Yeah. Whereas like Mac and Fitz and Simmons, you know, they're. Daisy, you know, whoever, everybody else has gotten a lot of stuff, which is usually indicative of like a character dying. So it's kind of weird if they choose to kill her this season, because I feel like I I guess the stuff with Andrew, but, you know, I feel like there hasn't been a lot of like focus on her if we're leading up to her dying. You know, I mean, they've done very little with her character. And yeah, I mean, it would it would be a shame, but, you know, it's also like they tend to kill a character that they don't know what to do with anymore. Yeah, I, um, I'm pretty convinced it's either going to be May, Fitz, or Simmons, one of the three. Yeah, I don't think it'll be Simmons just because then it's just a repeat of the finale last year yeah. where she like kind of died. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think. And then the beat of the next season is like, well, wouldn't Fitz kind of be obsessed with trying to, you know, I, I feel like it'd be too much of a repeat. So I feel like Fitz or May. Yeah, which again, it just highlights how I don't want it to, I don't want it to be any of them. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> you know? I don't, I, I, I don't think that death is a necessary thing to kind of move story forward. I mean, yeah. it almost just seems like you're doing it for shock value, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, if the ratings don't improve on this show it, next season, next season's probably going to be it. Like, I just, yeah, I don't. It's been a surprise every season that it's gotten renewed, to be honest. so This season more than last. I, I mean, last season didn't really surprise me too much at all. This season, and I guess it didn't. I don't know. I mean, I kind of go back and forth on my feelings on it. but Yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. I mean, overall, it was it was an okay episode. I, I just think the eye-rolly stuff just really got to me this, this episode more so than, than, than the others. But, I mean, I like where... I mean, at the end of the day, I like where we're at at the end of the episode. Like, okay, we're this is where we are. Um, Me too. We've got yeah. two hours left to see how they resolve this and set things up yeah. moving forward. And there was good character stuff. There yeah. was a nice little moment with Fitz and Simmons. And, yeah. Um, like you said, all the stuff with Mac and Yo-Yo is great. Um, though, again, that was another one of my things that I don't think they totally addressed is Yo-Yo was pretty pissed last time and seemed like she was done with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And then she just shows up again, and I guess the idea was she they told her about Mac. But she also seemed pretty Surprise. pissed off with Mac yeah. last time. And it just, again, it was just like, it was, I was... And where's Joey? Two, <laughs> two three episodes ago? Yeah. It's like two, three episodes ago, she like storms out yeah. and seems like fed up. And then it's like, well, I'm back. Yeah. And, and, and nobody addresses like, hey, you left. It was just like, oh, of course you're back. You're... And then Coulson's like, hey, can you do some tricks for me in front of Talbot? And she's like, yeah, of course, Coulson. I love you. <laughs> we had such a great time last time when yeah. you were wanting to round me up and put me in a cage. <laughs> yeah. It was like that was two episodes ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know. That that was another one thing. But, again, I'm not mad at her being bad. Sure, sure. I think she's a great character, and I think her and Mac are great together. Um, yeah. And then, you know, James is... Uh, fire chain sure 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 that made i mean to me that was worth everything cool so 
All right. Well, next week is the big two-hour finale, uh, and so yeah. we'll be back to talk about that, and uh, and like I said, go over some Civil War feedback. I don't anticipate too much news, but sometimes every time I say that, then something happens. So yeah. So yeah, you should say that. I say that every time. Hopefully, we'll get um, you know Captain Marvel casting. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Uh, well cool Um, alright well thanks everybody for listening Uh, head over to mcuexchange.com for all the good stuff going on over there like we've mentioned articles, reviews character spotlights Uh, check out the MCU Exchange YouTube channel as well uh, where you can get the MCU Exchange show every week uh, as well as all the cool new videos that that are going up over there Uh, for all of my stuff you can head over to hhwlod.com and check out all the other podcasts I do as well as uh, if you search on iTunes uh, or Stitcher for a new podcast called uh, Gotham by Geeks, it's another podcast that uh, uh, Daryl Taylor started up, who you heard on the last episode, the Shield, uh, our Shield uh, Roundup. Uh, he was on there as well, so we talk all the cool Batman stuff. Um, and yeah, so until next week, uh, thanks everybody for listening to It's All Connected. <laughs>